Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. We have spent the last month following the star with Dr. Kinkin. We have been filled with awe and wonder alongside the shepherds as they first saw the star. We had followed it even though so much of our lives these days are different than we hoped they would be by now. Yet still, we have followed the star. It led us to the manger, and on Christmas Eve, Dr. Kinkin invited us to go and get our very own nativity sets, and place ourselves in them, to think about what it would have been like to be there on that night. And now we find ourselves a few days after Christmas, and if you're anything like me, perhaps you're wondering, what now? We have followed the star, we have celebrated the birth of Christ, Perhaps in your home, all the wrapping paper and gift bags have been cleaned up. Toys have been played with. Maybe some of them have been broken. And you are back to wondering, where do we go from here? See, I have always liked having someone or something to follow. I like instructions. When I bake cakes, which isn't often, I follow the recipe to a T. I do not venture outside of that three by five note card telling me how much to add of each ingredient. I like to know what to do. I like to know what to do so much, in fact, that in high school, one of my math teachers gave me a question limit because I would fill the class time asking questions about each possible option for how to solve whatever problem we were working on, or what do we do should X happen? I like following directions, people, stars. But now Christmas day has come and gone. And even though we are in the Christmas season until Epiphany, which is January 6th, it sort of feels like Christmas is over. We are reminded of jobs we have to go back to tomorrow, or perhaps you have already gone back to them. Our minds wander to the work we now have to do, the classes we still have to take, the chores that still need to get done. I often find myself in the days after Christmas feeling a bit melancholy as I wonder, what do I do now? The star has been followed. The Christ child has been born. So what next? Our passage this morning gives us an idea of where we can go from here. Listen as I read Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. When the time came for their ritual cleansing, in accordance with the law of Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. It's written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. They offered a sacrifice in keeping with what stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. A man named Simeon was in Jerusalem. He was righteous and devout. He eagerly anticipated the restoration of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. 
The Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Led by the Spirit, he went into the temple area. Meanwhile, Jesus' parents brought the child to the temple so they could do what was customary under the law. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God. He said, Now, Master, let your servant go in peace according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared this salvation in the presence of all peoples. It's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people, Israel. His father and mother were amazed by what was said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This boy is assigned to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that generates opposition, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your innermost being too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, who belonged to the tribe of Asher. She was very old. After she married, she lived with her husband for seven years. She was now an 84-year-old widow. She never left the temple area, but worshipped God with fasting and prayer night and day. She approached at that very moment and began to praise God and to speak about Jesus to everyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Mary and Joseph had completed everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to their hometown, Nazareth in Galilee. The child grew up and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. God, who showed us how to be a light in the darkness, guide us to a life filled with your light and love. Just as we have followed the star, help us to follow you in all that we do. When we find ourselves wondering where to go and what to do next, remind us that your presence is always with us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It seems odd that two days after Christmas, our text has us hearing about two adults, one of whom is an octogenarian. We usually think of babies at Christmas, whether that is Jesus Christ as he first came into this world as a baby, or the babies and little kids in your own lives that we have seen waiting for Santa in years past, or perhaps watching them as they experience the wonder and joy of their first Christmas. But this morning, our text introduces us to two people who we only hear about in this passage. As I wondered, what do we do now? What comes next? I realized that Simeon and Anna give us pretty good examples of what it is we can do. See, Simeon and Anna did not follow the star to Bethlehem. 
We are not told that an angel appeared to them to tell them that Christ was coming. Rather, they show us a different kind of following when it came to the birth of Jesus. Theirs was one of waiting, waiting to see that the God that they had been praying to would reveal to them who the, this Messiah would be. So let's start with Simeon. We are told that the Holy Spirit was on him and had revealed to him that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, there were plenty of people during this time who were holding out hope that the Savior they had been hearing about would come on horseback with an army and weapons. But there were others in that land who were considered the quiet in the land. They didn't think of violence and power and armies, but rather believed in a life of constant prayer and quiet watchfulness that God would come. They waited patiently on God. They followed the promise in their hearts that this day would come, knowing it may not be what others had imagined. Simeon sees Jesus and his parents enter, takes Jesus into his arms, praises God, and says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Mary and Joseph, in typical new parent fashion, probably marveled at all of the wonderful things this man is saying about their son. Then, if you're like me, you might find yourself wondering, just how Mary and Joseph reacted as they heard what else Simeon had to say. See, after blessing them, Simeon looks at Mary and says, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like on the list of things not to say when holding someone else's baby is probably your child is destined for the falling and rising of many, followed up with, oh, and by the way, a sword will pierce your soul. In that moment, I wonder if Mary and Joseph, still basking in the glow of their newborn baby, thinking of all that this life might mean, felt a knot in their stomach as they realized that perhaps his life will not be what they thought it would. See, when the angel first told Mary that she was favored, he told her that Jesus would be great and be called the Son of the Most High, that the Lord God would give him a throne. But he never mentioned all of this falling and rising. He never alluded to the fact that her soul would be pierced. I can't help but wonder if in that moment Mary thought, what do I do now? I have followed this will God laid out for me, but what does this mean for our future? Sometimes following the star means accepting 
that things may not always play out the way we thought they would. So Simeon hands Jesus back to his parents, and then we are introduced to the prophet Anna. We are told that Anna had been married seven years, and then she was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. And as I read about Anna, thinking of the sorrow and grief she must have felt, I couldn't help but wonder what her life was like. I imagine she didn't have any children because there's no mention of them. How lonely she must have felt once her husband had died, wondering what her life would look like. Yet instead of becoming resentful or rebellious against God, we find that she has become kinder and more sympathetic. In the face of her loss, she didn't turn away from God, but rather followed the voice within her that assured her that her faith could root her deeper. In all that time, she never ceased to hope. And I think my all-time favorite thing about Anna is that she is actually the first evangelist. We often think of John the Baptist when we think of those who have prepared the way and first began to speak of Jesus and all that he would do. But at this point, John the Baptist is only six months old. But Anna... Now, Anna, we are told, saw Jesus and his parents, gave thanks to God, and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna showed us so beautifully what it looks like to follow God, even when things look quite different than we thought they would. Anna is such a beautiful biblical example of how much we can learn from those who are older than us. Growing up, I was fortunate to have a best friend who lived in the house next door. Myra was one of my favorite people, and I found myself at her house multiple nights a week until I went off to college. Myra and I would watch TV shows together, our favorite being Dancing with the Stars. I would walk her dog for her when she needed help, and she made the absolute best chocolate cake with chocolate icing. Myra also happened to be about 60 years older than I was. But the best thing about Myra was that even after losing her son and her husband, her faith didn't falter. Myra still greeted me with a smile. She still welcomed me in, and she still held on to the hope that this life would not have the final say. Anna and Simeon and Myra, and I imagine many of you already know how to answer the question of what now? What do we do now that Christmas Day has come and gone? We are told that after meeting with Simeon and Anna, that Mary and Joseph had done everything required by the law of the Lord, and that they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. What's interesting about how this passage ends is that Mary and Joseph returned home. They went back to their everyday lives, but unlike when they were last there, everything has changed. The same is true for us. 
Now that we have followed the star, the only thing left for us to do is return home. But instead of going back to doing things like we always have, we now have this hope within us. The Christ child has been born. Nothing will ever be the same. How could it? This story of Jesus' birth is just the beginning of all that he would do and all that he will call us to do. Either earlier in this service, we got to experience a baptism. And baptism invites us as a community to nurture one another in the Christian faith. Simeon and Anna gave us wonderful examples of what this looks like as they praised God for the life of Jesus. Anna shared the good news of what Jesus' birth meant with everyone who was there that day because she knew how important it was. So as we go from this place, it is my prayer that like Simeon, we might praise God and bless those we come into contact with. And that like Anna, we will find the peace in our worship of God and the faith to share what his life means for all of us. See, even though we no longer have a star to follow, we are now filled with the hope of Christ to follow in his footsteps. We are reminded of Joseph and Mary, how they returned home filled with this love, and we are able to go with this same hope within us, that we are still called to follow this love of God, back to our homes, schools, and workplaces, back to those who need to hear this story of love and light the most. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.